again, good morning to everyone. I'm looking forward to uh, getting this series kicked off today and uh, kind of want to let you know what our task is today in this first uh, part of the series. Basically, what I'm here to do is to kind of set the table. Um, you know, we're, we're introducing this concept of stretch, and I want to just kind of give you an overview as to why this imp- is important, get your mind start going as to ways that you need to stretch. And then in the next three weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack specific ways that we believe God is calling you and me to stretch. So with that, uh, let's get started. Um, how many of you have been watching America's Got Talent this summer? Anybody? A lot of heads, no. Cindy, you're with me. I've been watching it. A few people, good. All right, the Sieverts over there, yep. Um, so one of the acts that have gotten, that got pretty far is the one that you'll find on the screen here to my side. Um, this is a dancing duo, as you probably could tell. Their names, it's a little bit confusing, are Misha and Quinn. So you'd think it would be the opposite, but here's Misha and the, the lady is Quinn. And they are definitely a, a great dancing partnership. Uh, the, uh, the twists and hip movements that, you know, Misha is able to do and uh, Quinn for that matter are pretty amazing. You know, I just kind of keep it all up here, my wife tells me, which is probably better for everyone who is on the dance floor that I do that. Along with that choreograph, uh, also what's gone on is, you know, Misha gets Quinn up in the air over his head. She does splits. He'll grab her by an arm and a leg and, you know, twirl her around. I asked Carrie if she'd like me to do that with her. She said no. Um, But one of the reasons why they made it so far was that they're good dancers. But there's another reason why I think they made it so far in the competition. And that has to do with their age. Uh, Misha, that's the guy again, is 35. Does anyone recall how old the woman Quinn is? She is currently 71 years old. 71 years old. Now, for a little bit of fun, I want you to think about someone you know that's 70 years old, okay? Or a little younger or older. And then I want you to think about that person in this picture, all right? I mean, it is absolutely amazing to think about a 70-year-old being able to do some of these things that Quinn is able to do. Now, one of the things you can just chalk this up to is, you know, crazy good genetics, I am sure. But there's a little bit more to the story than that. So Quinn didn't start dancing until she was 60 years old. So very young, you know, a young 60. She started learning to dance. And the very first night after her very first dance— She said she could hardly get out of bed. Every bone and muscle in her body was hurting. The first time that she was twirled around, she said that she got so sick and dizzy, and this is not made up, she literally went to the hospital and got an MRI because she thought her brain had been damaged by being twisted around. But you know what she did over time? She started to stretch herself. And, and her muscles started to stretch. Her body started to stretch. She, her will stretched. And so by the age of 70 and long before, she was able to extend beyond 
what had come naturally for her, to extend beyond her natural state. So this series is called Stretch. And I'd like to just kind of start with a definition, um, a very general definition of stretch. I found it on the internet is this. To stretch is to extend something beyond its current or natural state. And so that could be muscles, that could be a rubber band, um, that could be anything you wear with spandex in it. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that, right? It it stretches beyond its natural state or its current state. Um, It's also true about people. People can stretch themselves. And in this series, we're going to take a look at some ways that we really can or should stretch ourselves. And the reason is that sometimes we need to stretch in order to receive the blessings that are on the other side of the stretch. Now, this series was picked for this weekend and this month on purpose. Because right now, many of you, because of everything that just got started in life, especially if you have kids, right, are feeling stretched, stretched, right? I mean, Memorial Day and Labor Day seem to be the the bookends of summer in Minnesota. And after the state fair and after Labor Day, it is over rover. That is summer and We take the long, difficult marathon to that other Monday holiday that we love so much in Minnesota called Memorial Day. But right now, you are beginning maybe to feel stretched. Here's what I want you to know. This is not a series that is going to add something else to your plate. That's not the intention. This is a series that's going to ask you how you are stretching yourself. And instead of allowing life to stretch you out, may we better maybe put a line in the sand, take control back, and decide to stretch in the ways that are best. This series isn't about getting busier. It's about getting healthier. It's about being intentional with the stretching that we do and in the areas of life where it's the most important. And in order to stretch in one area, we might need to stop doing something else. So, like I said before, today's message is just to kind of set the scene. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack three specific areas in which God calls us to stretch. With that said, today, um, I want to just sort of acknowledge that there's going to be some people in this room today that maybe are a little bit cynical or skeptical about the, the idea that you can actually see some change in this season of life that you're in, that you've tried to get back control of your life, and it's been pretty impossible, very difficult And so today, with the rest of our time, I am going to unpack a key or an important thing to think about, a vital component to stretching in the right way. 
And this, this key, this component might be the one thing that you've been missing in the past, but will make all the difference this time. To do that, we're going to peek into the life of probably one of the, the most famous people in the Bible. His name is Moses. And Moses is known as being a great leader, um, a deliverer. God used him to lead the people of Israel out of Egyptian slavery and to the promised land with a little detour through the wilderness for a while, okay? But before the let my people go and the splitting of the Red Sea, we have the verses in front of us that we'll see in just a moment. Before we get there, Let's look at kind of the key to our entire series as we kind of get into our first, uh, first verse. God's plan for you will often require you to extend beyond your current state. That's what Quinn did with dancing, right? But sometimes God's plan will require you to extend beyond your current state. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, which is the name of the mountain of God. So some of you know some things about Moses' background. Um, Let me quick catch you up on some of the important details. Uh, Moses was born to an Israelite, family, an Israelite mom, and through a whole host of circumstances, it happened where Pharaoh's daughter saved his life. And from there, Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh is the king of Egypt, brought Moses, little Moses, into the family of Pharaoh, and he grew up essentially as royalty. So here, though, we see Moses being about 300 miles away from Egypt, where he had all that he needed and then some, in the area of Midian and near the Mount of Horeb. Why is Moses 300 miles away from where he had such an easy, good life in Egypt? Well, as Moses grew up, he knew his background. He knew that his demographic or his nationality, his culture was, was Hebrew, and that the Israelites, his family, were being persecuted as slaves. And while he enjoyed his life, he grew up with a, a lot of resentment towards how his people were being tra- treated by Egyptian slave owners and slave masters. And it all bubbled up to one moment in which Moses saw one of his people being beaten to an inch of his life. And you know what Moses decided to do? He decided to get out of his comfort zone and to stretch, okay? To do something that would have been uncomfortable for him. He killed the Egyptian slave master. Now, let me tell you something about Moses' stretch. When you read the context of those verses, you find that Moses really did not consult with God on this idea or decision. Moses did not pray about it. Moses primarily just acted out of anger on a whim and let his emotions control him. 
and stretched ultimately in a way that we'll see God did not approve of. And here's why we know that. Because what happened afterwards was no good for Moses. Instead of his people sort of celebrating what Moses did, they began to fear him. That is, the Israelites did. And Pharaoh wanted him dead. And so Moses ends up fleeing from Pharaoh, fleeing from Egypt, and he ends up right here in Midian. When Moses killed that Egyptian slave master, he was 40 years old. When he fled, he was 40 years old. At the time of this verse, Moses is now 80 years old. He has been sort of in a timeout, sort of, for 80 years. And he's probably wondering where God has been. And then God shows up. Verse 2. There, at the angel of the Lord near Horeb, appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Um, we could say, as the kids say, that this bush was lit. All right? I'm, I'm just, I'm pretty. Is that good, Stephen? Yeah, I'm there. All right. I'm trying. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sights. Why the bush does not burn up. So strange, not strange to see a bush on fire in a desert. Strange that it would not burn up. Next verse. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. So now, you know, kind of like three amigos, except it's not singing. The bush is now talking. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Verse six. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. And sometimes you come across these verses, and maybe they are not at the heart of the message that you're preaching, but they're just too important to pass up. And this is one of those verses. Because sometimes in the suffering that we're going through, we equate God's silence in a situation with his absence. We think that because God is silent right now and not answering my prayers the way that I would hope that he is absent in my life. And I just gravitate and love verses like this that show me that there can be something else that God is up to when he's silent. It does not mean, friends, that he's absent. Sometimes God is silent because he's waiting. He's waiting for the right time to deliver you. And it wasn't the right time before. Verse 8. So I've come down to rescue, deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians at just the right time. And to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. At the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I practiced that a long time. Verse 9. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. 
I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And you know what? It's got to be like, this is now Moses' moment. He had on his heart the idea that God would use him to deliver Israel. And it had taken 40 years, but this is his moment. And Moses has got to be so excited. Verse 11. And Moses said to God, it's about time, God. I thought this day would never come. I'm now 80 years old. I am ready. I am willing. And I am able. And that is nothing like Moses replied. It is way modified because as now God comes to Moses 40 years later and asks him to deliver Israel, this is what Moses actually said. But Moses said to God, who, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. It's like, I think you need to find someone else. His answer is no, I'm not going to do it. And in this reply, I think we probably do see some humility in Moses after 40 years of being in timeout. But that wasn't the heart of it. Because if you read the rest of chapter 3 and go into chapter 4, we see, not humility, we see excuse after excuse after excuse. They're too big. I'm too small. I can't speak. My brother would do it better, right? Humility is a recognition that I'm not great, but God is, okay? This is just a bunch of excuse making by someone who'd rather not follow the call of God. God asks him to stretch in this way and leave Midian, go to Egypt, and talk to Pharaoh, and Moses will have none of it. He doesn't want to stretch. Now, what's going on in Moses, okay? What's, why the change over 40 years? Here's what I I think happened. First of all, Moses tried once. He tried to get things right 40 years earlier. And God didn't like it. It didn't turn out the way he wanted. And I think there is some resentment here. I think there's something else, though, too. Moses has created a pretty okay life for himself over 40 years. We know that he has a wife. He has kids. He's got a good job. He'd rather just continue to do what Midianite shepherds do. I, I don't know what that is, but I think they watch sheep and hit them with sticks and, you know, protect them, and then they shear things. But not with an electric shear. I don't know back then what they used. But whatever Midianite shepherds with families and a wife do, Moses would rather just keep doing that than to stretch. While the people of Israel are still in slavery, and while Moses has yet to fulfill God's calling on his life. You see, there's a really important principle here. It's our second fill-in for today. That every good stretch will have some initial discomfort. I love every basketball camp when uh, Greg Patterson and I go out there and the kids all stretch You know, I have not seen Greg too much try to touch his toes, and I haven't either, because we've got a lot of discomfort in our 40-year-old bodies, right? But that goes away after time, because every good stretch 
Well, start with some discomfort, right? You just got to understand that. But there's blessing on the, on the other side. You know, God created our bodies this way. Have any of you heard of this anacronym, um, D-O-M-S or DOMS? This stands for Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness. This is what happens when you haven't worked out for a while, and I know all of you go every day, so let's just imagine you didn't go for two days, right? You haven't worked out for a while, or you did some work around the house that you're using muscles that you don't normally use, and then the day later or two days later, you're all sore and things hurt, and you have pain in places you didn't know you had places, right? This is what happens when I do squats because I do them so rarely. And then the next day, I can hardly walk up and down the steps. And I don't love the pain, but you know how God created our bodies? That in the pain, especially if you don't, you can push it too far, but in that little bit of pain is actually your muscles getting stronger and rebuilding stronger. You see, every good stretch begins with some initial discomfort, but on the other side of the stretch can be blessing if we'd only stretch. Just like Moses, we've been called to follow Christ. Not necessarily to move back to Egypt, but following Christ, following Jesus is not always easy. To create a a calendar that isn't perfect, but puts the first things first, it's tough. To say no to certain things that are good so that you can say yes to certain things that are even better is hard. But let me just tell you, there is blessing on the other side of the stretch. I've seen a friend here at Bethlehem who a few years ago quit a really good paying job in order to take another job that paid less but allowed him to keep his priorities more in order. I remember a teenager I talked to a few years ago who came to the conclusion that the friends that he had at school were not good for him, and he made the very, very, very hard decision that a high schooler would make to sort of separate himself from that peer group and to find another one. Sometimes to follow Jesus in the ways that he's calling us to follow will call us or cause us to stretch, to affect our time, affect our dreams, affect our career, and on and on and on. The list can go on and on. So maybe at this point, you're thinking it's the moment where I tell you that you're supposed to listen real hard to God's calling on your life, and everyone needs to quit their job and move, right? And that's not what I'm saying. Unless you go home and there's a burning bush in your backyard. But then only listen if you call me to verify that it is a burning, talking bush. 
And at that point, if it's telling you to move to Egypt, then you better go ahead and do that. But otherwise, that's not what God is calling us to do today. We don't need to wait to listen to premonition from God or to listen to, I think sometimes we, we, we look too much for signs, okay? I'm not against signs. I think they exist, but I think we concentrate on them too much because God has already told you how he's called you. It's found in the scripture. He's already told you his calling. And over the next three weeks, we're going to focus on three of them that I think encapsulate all of them. God has called you to or for growth, to not stay where you are in your faith life, but to grow stronger in your faith relationship with him through the word and through prayer. So growth, he's called you to community that God has uniquely given us people around us that we can pour into in a way that matters the most and who in turn are people who are willing and desiring to pour into you and impact, which ultimately is purpose. God has called you to growth, community, and purpose or impact in your life. And like I said, over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack these. And, and our goal for this series, it's, it's kind of small. I actually think I could raise the bar a little bit higher for most of you. But at the very baseline would be to pick one way, one thing, one activity, one action that you're just going to you're going to stretch yourself in a little bit of a different way. And yes, it's going to mean saying no to some other things so that you can say yes to better things. Because on the opposite side of a stretch can be blessing. Now, when was there blessing for Moses? Because he stretched the first time and there was just 40 years in Midian waiting for him. You know what was different the second time? Let me tell you how God answered Moses. He said, I will be with you. You see, the second time Moses was forced to stretch or decided to stretch, and he eventually did, he had God's sure promise that he'd be with him. And that made all the difference in the world. When we stretch ourselves in the ways that God is calling us, we can be sure that there is blessing on the other side of the stretch because God's promise of being with Moses is the same one for you, that he will be with you too. You see, this whole Exodus thing, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, the Moses leading them, it was just the warm-up act. It was just the, the appetizer. It was just the pregame entertainment to the real deliverance that God would someday do as he sent Jesus Christ, his son, to deliver all of us from sin, death, and hell. That great deliverer, whose name is not Moses, but is Jesus, who has given us a future and then has called us as forgiven children of God to follow, he has promised to be with you and to go with you. The one who conquered the grave. Number four, here's that, that key. Remember I said some people are going to be skeptical about how this time is going to be different? When we stretch in the way that God calls us, understand there can be blessing on the other side of the stretch because the power with you is greater than the power in you. Some of us have been spending years trying to get sort of things less stretched. 
but we haven't been following the call of God in the areas in which we need to stretch the most. When we stretch in the way that God has called us, we can be sure that the power with us is going to be greater than the power in us. And so, how about this? May our mentality in this series be in line with this reality. May our mentality about our lives and what is possible, may it be in line with the reality that the power with you is greater than the power in you. And next week, we're going to look at community and how great a blessing it can be to have people in our lives that pour into us and that we pour into them. Until then, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for um, your calling on our lives. And, and sometimes it's real big things that you lead us to through other people. But for all of us, it's the calling that's found in the Word to grow, to be about community, to make an impact in this life that lasts longer than this life. As I've put all this on the people's hearts today, dear Lord, may you be with us and direct us and guide us to find the courage and the confidence to stretch in ways. Guide us to those things that we may need to say no to so we can say yes to the calling that you've given to us on our life. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.